0: I quite like getting ID checked. I, I, I was. ID Does that checked? happen yes, often, still, Graham? Not often because I don't often buy alcohol because I don't drink. But um, it, it,
1: you feel that people think you're under eighteen.
0: Well, uh, yeah, it, it has happened occasionally. Yes, right. People have thought that I. Um,
1: we all believe you. And the third is <laughs> intoxication. <laughs>
0: Smashing Security, Episode 286, Hackers Doxed, Pornhub Probs, and Co-op Security Measures, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 286. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And this week on the show,
1: Carol, who are we joined by? The glorious Maria Vamarsis is here Ah. with us. Hi,
2: Maria. Hi. Welcome. It's been a while. It has. Good to talk to you both. Thanks for having me back on. Well, we
0: had to have you on before we took our summer break. Because we're going to be taking a few weeks off. Don't panic, everybody. We're not going to be going forever. But this is our last show for a few weeks. It's more
1: than a few weeks. It's the month. We're right now. It's the 4th of August. We'll be back on the 1st of September. It's a month. It's going to be a glorious month. (laughs)
2: <laughs> After you're done talking to me, you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Need to go. No, 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 we have dead at first. And oh. then get
1: the show out. Oh, okay. And then do some socials and then say sayonara for a month.
0: <laughs> so if you don't want to miss us, make sure that you subscribed in your favorite podcast app. We'll always do that, and then you definitely won't miss us when we return.
1: Now, how about we thank this week's sponsors, Bitwarden and Gigamon. It's their support that help us give you this show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got?
0: I'm going to be talking about doxing.
1: Doxing. Maria, what
2: about you? A lawsuit that could change the internet forever.
1: Forever? Forever. Oh, my God. And we're hitting UK convenience stores. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security.
0: Now, chums, chums, I've got a question for you. Is it ever right to dox people?
1: Uh, can you
2: define def- dox? Yeah. What are we talking about as dox?
0: Oh, okay. So doc- by doxing, I mean releasing publicly or posting on Twitter someone's name, their address, their dates of birth, people who didn't want that sort of information made public, other personal information. Is that ever acceptable? Any, you know, any situations when it's all right to do that?
1: I feel like there's a trick question here.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm a little, I'm I like, feel, no. obviously the answer is
1: no, but you're saying ever, ever, and you're giving us 10 seconds to figure it out.
2: Is there a gotcha in there? What if gotcha.
0: they are members of a ransomware gang that's attacked hospitals and businesses? Is it then all right... To release publicly their names and addresses and dates of birth and no. send people round with I think, torches I think it might be, and pitchforks. It might
1: be fine to tell the authorities, for example, like Interpol mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. maybe I, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I wouldn't.
0: What if you feel that when you pass the information onto the authorities, it just goes into a black hole and, you know. They oh,
2: it's time to get, go take into things into own spam hands.
0: buckets and, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's like you just think, oh, for goodness sake, nothing's ever happening. We know who these people are. That a- opening We're not actively. getting any
2: information. We need Batman. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. It, it's a bit of a grey area, isn't it, then? Because you begin to think, well, maybe, maybe it would be as well. Anyway, there's been an interesting couple of interviews published on Vice and CyberScoop with a security researcher who goes by the name of... Now. <laughs> goes by... Now, because... because oh, you know what people are like on the internet with their silly le- leet-speak names. Changing threes to E's and Um excuse me, it's A's not to silly. I'm sure
1: the name pancake was already used somewhere else. Is it Is it pancake
0: or is it pancak three? Is it has he got a pan full <laughs> of pan-cakey. Cack? And there's been a number of pancakes already. Like three pancakey. Yeah, well, I like Pancake that. three, then, three yeah. yeah. Anyway, pancak three or pancake. I don't know. They haven't revealed their own identity for perhaps obvious reasons, mm-hmm. uh, but they've made it their mission to out hackers. Hmm. And it's got them into something of a pickle. Pancake3, who has a Twitter account called Pancake3Stack.
2: Oh, it's Pancake. Yeah, PancakeStack.
0: You think yeah. it's Pancake? Yes. All right, yeah, it probably yeah, is. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, they had their Twitter account suspended because they posted the name, the date of birth, the passport information of someone who they believe to be the developer of the Predator the Thief information stealing malware. So they posted this up
1: on Twitter. So they shared it with the entire world willy nilly. That's right.
0: Okay. Publicly. Although they said this information is public anyway, you know, it's, it's there. If you go looking for it, you may well find it yourself. Um, but uh, yeah, so they posted this up, mm. and Twitter didn't like it. Twitter, right, suspended their account.
2: Didn't think those leopards would eat their face, did they? No. Yeah, they. they <laughs> <said>. What? <laughs> well, uh, hello. <laughs>
0: you don't.
2: You don't know about the leopards eating their face?
0: No. Is this? A, is this another meme? It's a, are you, you are serious? The queen of, no. You're the queen <laughs> of meme.
2: I love how
1: I love how I get mocked for my lack of digital knowledge. No, no, I,
0: I don't I, mind. I don't mind. It's not a
2: mock. I, it's my genuine surprise. I think I, <laughs> I, I, I don't realize that the stuff I'm saying is that, that meme-y. I thought it was more um It may not be. Listeners. So it's the leopard the party of people leopards eating your people's face. You didn't you didn't think that consequence was gonna come around and bite you in the butt. Oh
0: so I see. It's it's
2: not good to dox and you thought if you dox for good reasons it'd be okay, but you know right. suddenly oh. Twitter's like, you can't dox anybody
0: Okay, eating your face. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Okay. I understand. Okay. I understand. Sorry. So anyway, so they, uh, <laughs> I think I'm cruel. You can explain it to me later. Yes. So anyway, after this happened, one of uh, Pancak 3s uh, followers, they mm-hmm. said, you know, oh, look, if, they, if Twitter keep on suspending your account, why don't you go and create a newsletter on Substack? You know, maybe you can even monetize it at some point in the future. They can even publish what you like about the hackers up there. Twitter can't stop you. You can just link to the page on Substack, maybe. And so they started doing that, and they created a a newsletter called Who's Behind the Keyboard? Mm. Posting details of ransomware affiliates, initial access brokers. Um, They named two of the – do you remember in January the Russians arrested some of the Revel ransomware gang? And uh, everyone was a bit surprised by that because Russia historically had never really cared that much about stopping ransomware gangs. And then there was a thought, well, maybe they want the hackers on their side before they go and invade Ukraine, uh, perhaps. But anyway, so this ch- this chap, uh well, I don't know if he's a chap, Pancak 3, whatever mm-hmm. their gender may be, they posted some of the identities of these people in the Revel ransomware gang. Like
1: along with their address,
0: their postcode. Yeah. So all all of this information, once again. And they're sure this
2: information is really real? It's not just sort of, uh, you know?
0: Well, they think it is. They've they've done their analysis online. They've done some open source intelligence. They've checked out social media accounts. They found pictures of people hanging out in front of nice cars and smiling in front of a camera. Therefore, they must be a hacker. And uh, they post the information. Now, that, perhaps unsurprisingly, as soon as that got reported in the media – um, Substack shut the newsletter down as well. So you won't be able to find the Who's Behind the Keyboard newsletter anymore. It's, been, it's been a bit of nuisance, really. So talking um, about
2: all these things that nobody can go and check out. This stuff once right. existed. You can't see it. Yes. Just yes. believe us on this. Okay. <laughs> but did,
1: did Julian Assange in his WikiLeaks uh, heydays? Yes. Did yes. he? He did this. He published Identity of People
0: and there was a lot of information that was very personal that was getting out via his But, but, but Julian Assange was running his own website, wasn't he? he? He was running his own website and presumably had some sort of bulletproof hosting and he didn't have people who were able to easily Sh- shut it down or he had sympathetic web hosts. And so off he could go.
1: Yeah, and it's really worked out
0: for him. So Oh, yeah, yeah. He's having a fantastic time now. It's really, really going terribly well for him. Yeah, fantastic. So Pancake 3. Uh or pancake if you've I prefer, to, I prefer to think of Pancake three. They believe that posting the information can help point the authorities in the right direction. Hmm. And they say that it's appealing to name names, even if the authorities in the hackers' home country, <laughs> Russia, um, don't do anything about it.
1: I know, but you know, like if you're a serious investigative journalist hmm. and you launch this huge hmm. article, you don't kinda of go and the guy lives at two six five Smith Street. Why not? Because they will probably get attacked or vilified, or it puts them in danger.
0: It's irresponsible. Yeah,
2: is, that, is that in the is that in the public interest to know that information? That's the question. Well, right?
0: it might put the the shit up the bad guys. It might scare the willies out of them. That's
1: where it is grim.
0: No yes, okay, okay, that's true. But it might. <laughs> it doesn't go the other way. Yeah,
1: as far as might, I know,
0: it might. It might scare them. <laughs> it it can, might though. scare them and think, oh crumbs, maybe I should stop. Infecting hospitals and endangering lives, so, or or move house, yes, and someone else live here, <laughs>
2: or stop being or, a piece of shit criminal. I don't know. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So they're thinking, well, maybe maybe we, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll take the gloves off. I don't know. According to Pancak Three, people don't really like their real life identity being posted on the internet, especially criminals. He mm. said to reporters. Uncovering the person behind the keyboard, the person responsible for crimes, is my ultimate goal. I feel like too many of these people think they're invisible or invincible, but they're not. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, is doxing really helpful to the authorities? Does it really help them? Or might it actually give the criminals a heads up because if you were investigating someone, if you did believe that you'd get some assistance from the local law enforcement, then maybe you don't want someone sounding off and naming names and addresses because it may cause them to flee or but you think you know, I'll destroy some evidence.
1: You, you kind of intimated at the beginning of your story mm. that uh, Pancake or Pancake Three went to uh, the authorities and didn't get a good response. Is that is that the fact in this, or I, I
0: don't that's... know if that is the case, but certainly I have heard that said by security researchers in the past that they feel very frustrated. Sure, but we don't know if that applies to this case.
2: Right, so has anything actually happened as a result of this?
1: Well, also, it's also, I think it's also glad-handing, right? So if I decided to bring this information to the authorities and I mm-hmm. got an automated response saying thank you for your submission and then <laughs> nothing... We'll
2: get to it, never. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: right? Unexpected I would not. Unexpected item in checkout, yes.
2: <laughs> I
1: wouldn't, I would feel... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel shortchanged. I feel like, look, I've done something big, and I need a bit of a pat in the you know pat in the back, or you know, give me some information or something. But yeah,
2: but it, it does it doesn't does it actually help anything? Like it might make you feel good, but yeah, does it, it means
1: I won't put anything? on go on Twitter frustrated that no one's listening.
0: Yeah, mm, but, but you've got this, to be careful. Okay, imagine that. Maybe I'm being a crazy conspiracist like you, Carl. But <laughs> if I were a cyber criminal worried that the authorities might be on my tail. And I knew that if I gave the authorities some information, they would begin to give me a heads up. So, oh, yeah, we're getting really close to him. We're going to raid his house next Wednesday. I might actually submit some information about my gang. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not suggesting they do that. In order to find out what they're doing. okay. I just
1: think you would say, come in for an interview. Let's hear everything you have to say. Thank you very much. We're taking this very, very seriously. We'll be in touch in three to six months. Watch this space. Right? Right. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen, is my point, right? So that's why... It, yeah, because this stuff can take years,
2: right? Yes.
1: Yeah, it can take years. It may be, though, that Pancake never went down this route and just decided to go, these guys piss me off, I have some information, let's share it with the world and see what
0: happens. And potentially, they could have got it wrong and be sending people in the wrong direction, as you said, you know, that an innocent person could be victimized.
2: Yeah, That does that ever happen with doxing?
0: Never. Never.
2: That never happens with doxing. (laughs) Never have I heard of such a thing. The other problem here is
1: that Pancake might get doxed in return because he's not messing with the… Well,
0: this is a very interesting thing, Rob, because some of the cyber criminals have started responding to Pancake 3, Pancake, Mm -hmm. and saying, we're not very happy with what you did. And you better watch out because unless you delete the information you've published… We're going to go after your family and friends, and we have the resources to find out who you <laughs> are and make your life very difficult. And oh. apparently, Pancak3 has deleted some of his past posts.
1: And no one has got it. No one's copied and pasted well, that info anywhere. You know, of course not. Yeah, not the there's no paste
0: bin
2: hanging around. Yeah, with that.
0: exactly. Yeah. Generally, I think we don't really want the amateurs publicly naming and shaming people, do you? Because it can go badly wrong, as we've all seen a hundred million times before. It's generally best left to the authorities. I don't think anyone
1: should shame, right? Like, who's anyone to shame? But uh, anyway.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah,
2: Shame can be useful sometimes.
0: (laughs) Shame. 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 (laughs) Um, Pancak 3, not the first person to dox criminals in 2017. And since 2017, a mysterious personal group known as the Intrusion Truth has been exposing the real identities of people behind Chinese hacking operations, hacks that have stolen intellectual property from Western businesses and scientific institutions. Um, and one of their most notorious pieces of doxing occurred after the US Department of Justice indicted someone. Uh, the US Department of Justice, they didn't publish the person's name. They just said MSS Officer 1. But Intrusion Truth believed it to be an individual called Ren Yuntao and after they announced that someone created a twitter account under the name ren Yuntao, and they sent a tweet to the uh, security researchers trying to name find them and identify them and what they sent them was an image of lionel richie
1: <laughs> singing hello is it me you're looking, looking for, for? <laughs> <laughs> exactly
2: i can see it in your eyes oh never misses yeah, never misses. Oh.
0: Maria, what's your story for us this week?
2: I want to talk about a lawsuit that, some slight hyperbole, but maybe not really, could actually change the internet. Okay, I'm really excited by this one. Okay, yeah, it's going to be a little dark. I'm going to warn you; this is going to be a little dark. Um, but the, just brace yourself. Okay, brace. So, I, I don't know if you've heard of this popular website. It's called Pornhub. Uh, have you heard of it? I heard of it. Never seen it.
0: Okay. I find it I find it very strange because I've never found the hubs of vehicles that sexually alluring. So I've never been tempted. It sounds like a niche fetish site for auto eroticists. Um
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Pornhub caps. Okay, yeah. Uh well, there's this one for humans, it's called Pornhub. And <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if you're aware, but it relies on user generated content, aka stuff that people videos that people upload themselves. Mm-hmm. They, they don't use like actors or whatever. It's just people upload stuff to it. So as with many user generated content sites like YouTube or pick anything on the internet nowadays, uh, they don't slash can't really moderate or monitor what's being uploaded. Yeah. And in a revelation that probably surprises nobody, there are a lot of abuse videos being hosted on Pornhub and similar websites, including of children. Sorry, I told you this is going to get Ugh. a dark. Yeah. Um, and many of these porn hosting websites, they're very adamant that they are zero tolerance for any kind of abuse content and that they've done all they can to put a stop to it. But alas, the problem continues. So we're going to go back in time for a second to 2014. There's a reason for this. Yeah. Sad flashback. Oh Um, God. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. As I told you, this is going to get a little dark, but then I'm going somewhere with this. Just hang on. Uh, in 2014, um, a video of a 13-year-old was uploaded to this site. And I'm going to be very general because I don't want to make everybody super sad. Um, this video, she had a really hard time getting removed from Pornhub. She actually, uh, after weeks of trying, ended up pretending to be her own mother in contacting Pornhub to be like, hey, this is exploitation material. It needs to be taken down. Um, yeah. You
0: would expect... A, a website like Pornhub, if they're told something is of a, 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 you know, someone who's clearly underage, that they'd be right onto that because I mean they are a big commercial business.
2: Yeah, just take and it down first and then review it instead of being well, like, well, right. we'll get back or, or, to you." Yeah,
0: or simply if anyone says something is illegal, yeah, we'll delete it immediately because it's not like they haven't got a hundred million other videos <laughs> they can make money from.
2: True.
1: Sure, but then you also get into the waters of someone trying to effectively dock someone else's Pornhub career by saying there's lots of stuff there and if it's just automatically
0: deleted. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, maybe not automatic, but you would expect them to be quite quick to Pre- deal yeah, with that. Yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So, it took a couple of weeks for this young person's terrible video to come down, but not before it had nearly 3 million views. <laughs> yeah. So, fast forward years later, As you might imagine, the victim has gone through hell because of this. She's gone through unimaginable pain. And all the while, while that video was online, the parent company of Pornhub, which is Montreal-based MindGeek, was making money from the ads it was serving against that video. So, the victim has sued not only MindGeek, but also the payment card processors, in this case Visa, saying that they've all made money from child abuse videos. That's an
1: interesting approach.
2: Yes, because the, suing the parent company is one thing, but the payment yeah. card processor, that's the part where I was like, that is interesting. So I should note, this is an important little additional note. In 2020, uh, a huge investigative story by the New York Times came out uh, about Pornhub and how um, it doesn't do nearly enough to stop abuse content. And right after that story came out, I want to say it was like December 2020, both Visa and MasterCard immediately cut off Pornhub and suddenly wow. MindGeek pulled about 80 percent of its content i
1: do remember that okay yeah 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 but can i just say
2: like 80 percent of its content gone almost overnight yeah
1: which makes you just go "Uh uh-oh because obviously they just pulled
2: everything that they weren't sure of 80 percent though yeah yeah. so
0: so i'm sure they've still got enough to keep people occupied
2: so are we clear on how MindGeek is making money off this stuff? They're serving ads. So there's, this stuff yeah. is all free, but they have ads against it's it. It's okay. the same
1: as like a YouTube video, for instance, right? Exactly. You have to watch a video, you've got ads that are plugged in there. The uploader has no control on what ads those are, but they get a cut and so does the provider. Correct.
0: Is it is it that the people advertising are using Visa and MasterCard to pay Pornhub for their ads? Because I imagine the regular users... <laughs> if we call it that one, of Pornhub they're not entering their credit card details are they of course they are really what do you,
1: what do you think they're putting in what are they giving them cash on the table meaning cafes no, no, no.
0: i think i think most of it's free isn't it that isn't that the way right. the internet works right
2: so yeah there's ads be- there's ads that are making money and those ads yeah. are then yeah the the pr- so the that's where the processed. payment
0: is coming from it's not yeah. coming from Viewers, it's coming from the advertisers.
2: I wouldn't be surprised, and maybe some of our uh, more sophisticated listeners. There's probably some sort of premium thing people can of course buy, there is. but right, uh, you know.
0: I'm just feigning ignorance. Obviously, I know about <laughs> 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 gold and platinum accounts. Okay,
2: listeners, now you know. In case you didn't know, uh, but yeah, it's mostly ads. I <laughs> um, <so laughs> hope, hope that fooled everyone. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So when, <laughs> guilt, the Sorry, of the of now. <laughs> uh, when, so when this lawsuit came up, the one against both MindGeek and Visa, Visa immediately sought to be dismissed. From the like just leave us out of this they said surely they're not responsible for that abuse content and that by merely being the payment card processor they they, they haven't conspired to support this awful stuff obviously yeah. they they don't want to support anything terrible like that
1: uh, we didn't know we could have we you know we thought it was just legit stuff yeah
2: yeah and, and you know zero tolerance and and you know mm-hmm. and and also surely you can't be asking us to police every single little thing that all of our merchants do that would be impossible mm-hmm. and Visa said that Uh, Any decision that allows them to be sued in this case would possibly change the payments industry as we know it, because it would be almost impossible for them to do their job if they're also required to police all the content that the merchants are trying to sell online.
1: No, but it's really interesting because how much cash are they making from illegal transactions is effectively Mm -hmm. the question, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, they're they're saying none, obviously. And they're saying, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And obviously, if we knew it was illegal, we wouldn't be supporting it.
1: Yeah, right. but, we, but we choose not to know. We're not doing anything to find out, in fact. We, we argue the fact that you even think we ought to.
2: Yeah, so just this week, just a few days ago, actually, the judge in this case, and it's being tried in California, the judge disagreed with Visa oh. and said that Visa can indeed be sued because they credibly knew that MindGeek websites were likely hosting abuse videos and yet continued to allow MindGeek to use them as a payments processor, or in other words, make money. So here's a little quote from the judge. I'll read it in my best judging voice. <clears throat> <laughs> Visa lent to MindGeek a much-needed tool, its payment network, with the alleged knowledge that there was a wealth of monetized child porn on MindGeek's websites. It knowingly provided the tool used to complete the crime. Yes. And one of the data points that the judge actually mentioned... Uh, was that 2020 article when it came out it said that basically since visa immediately cut ties, once there was some publicity shine on it, then they probably knew a lot more than they were letting on. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so organizations that fight human trafficking and child abuse online, this is a big win for them. They've been wanting to do this for a long time. This is a great thing. Um, and, and the reason I'm, I don't think this is that much hyperbole is that this could have huge repercussions for not just pornography, but how liable are the payments processors for being used in any illegal activity? And how yeah. closely are they going to be looking at their merchants from now on for anything that could be possibly skirting the line, not not just obviously very specific well, yeah. illegal
1: stuff? I mean, I've never thought about this before, but it makes sense that these, uh, you know, card payments – Whilst you know, obviously there's Bitcoin and stuff going on as well. I am sure is used massively for all kinds of crap.
2: Yeah, and and there's still like, let me just be clear. This judgment says that Visa can be sued. They haven't been successfully sued yet, so right. there hasn't been. So who know who knows what could happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if this goes through and Visa actually is, there's like punitive charges against Visa that go through. I mean, I, we could start seeing things being really cut off online in terms of what kind of stuff is okay to be paid for with credit card and what isn't. I mean, I think you've covered this before, Carl, about like sex workers online having a hard time mm. Some stuff. Maybe I'm imagining this. Yeah. And they've been saying for years, like they're consenting adults, you know, everything is above the board and they can't get, they can't find a home online for their kind of stuff. And I'm not thinking it's just things like that. It could be like a whole swath of stuff. Um, that could be affected by this. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by this and would be very curious to see where it goes.
0: Likely to keep the lawyers busy for years and years, I would think, before uh, yep. you can imagine lots of appeals and counter appeals. Can't we you? have to remember, oh, yes.
1: this was the 13 year old girl that was exploited who's bringing this forward. Right. Yeah. As well. Like this is yeah. not just some, uh, you know, some she, guy trying to make a buck. She's older than that now. yeah,
2: she's But still, like, you know, she's coming at it from that angle. And I believe she's one of 34 plaintiffs, to be clear. So she's not the only one. Wow. Yeah. And of course, 34 is probably a drop in the bucket. So, again, anything to slow down child abuse online is great. Someone Um, at Visa
1: and MasterCard are loosening their ties right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Snigga. Bro, what have you got for us this week?
1: Okay, we're starting with a scene, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, you both have roles. Graham, your role comes in first.
0: Right. So,
1: you work in a convenience store in the UK, like maybe your local co-op, right? Maybe actually you could describe what a co-op is for Maria and, you know, listeners outside the UK, actually.
0: Oh, a co-op is like a supermarket, fairly sort of cheap and cheerful sort of supermarket. Small, Often quite small. That's right. Yeah, not like America. Um, oh my goodness! I've been to American supermarkets. It's like going to a whole different country, isn't it? You have got different time zones in some of them. It's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just it's everything nuts. stays. It's like <laughs> you can buy like nine hundred toilet rolls at once. It's just we, we do like our choices. It's yeah, true. we, we yeah. don't we don't have that sort of insanity. <laughs> Um, but
1: no, no. <laughs> it's the place i tend to go to because they're open late often right so it's the place where you know at nine o'clock you're about to make your yes. last cup of tea of the evening you have no milk you're like i'll just dash the co-op get myself yeah. my milk yeah. or i'll get cereal in the morning
2: we have like co-ops that. here they're very different from what you're describing so co-ops here are usually like very small locally run often like farmer market type things um yeah a cooperative yes yeah 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 so okay we have those two but
0: yeah the origins of the co-op are similar to that. But yes. Okay. Yeah,
1: and it's grown up over yeah. the years and become yeah. a kind of a business. Anyway, Graham, you have the night shift at the co-op, right? right? Yes. You're on your own. And, yeah. you know, there's a few customers. so You're ringing up a few purchases. You're stocking some shelves, you know, playing on your phone a bit. And then Maria, <laughs> Hugh Maria, Ugh. swaggers in.
2: I swagger in. Yeah. You're uh, wearing I'm all a- black Lycra, right? Ooh. Oh, goodness. She's
1: pointing something from her pocket, like her hand's in her pocket, and she's pointing something, and it looks sharp. And she says, listen carefully. Give me all the money in the till plus an
0: egg and cress sandwich. (laughs) I love an egg and cress sandwich.
2: I'm really hungry. I just rode like 70 miles. (laughs) I'm so hungry. (laughs) Do it now,
1: and there's no need to get stabbed. (laughs) She's kind of pointing at the pokey thing in her pocket.
0: Okay, so what do you do? So, so I, I'm worried it could be a gun. Uh, which country are we in? Yeah, are we in the UK? Or? You're in
2: the UK, the co-op. You're in your local co-op. So it's a knife. Okay.
0: It's not no. going to be a gun. No, it's, it's probably like a, a sharp a, a pencil or something. <laughs> yes, a sharp pencil or something like that. It's a loaded <laughs> finger, maybe
2: something that I've whittled down into a point. Yes, yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so well, uh, you know, I'll say uh, what. Do you, uh, well, you can have an egg and crust sandwich. That's fine. You can go to the checkout and uh, self checkout if you. <laughs> And she wants all the money in the till? All the money in the till. Well, okay, we've got £12.93 because it is the night shift. We haven't got very much in there. People but, pay you know. by cards these days. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Cashless society. I'm terribly yeah. sorry about this. So, I mean, we... Okay. But yes, I'd be nice. Is she a bit sexy? I mean, I know Maria is, but um, <laughs> is she, you sort of said that she's a bit, a bit va-va-voom, sort of all dressed in black.
1: And, you're worried for your life because of the pointy pencil. And uh, okay. you're worried about va va <laughs>
2: I think my Pornhub story has kind of influenced how this is going. I know. It's, it's just so I've weird. just come
0: to check out your tail. Let's see how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: so uncomfortable right now.
2: I know. Why did you do this, girl? <laughs> I'm talking about
1: a freaking burglary in a convenience store. Okay, I did not add a layer Stranger of
2: ranger Stranger things blah, blah. have happened.
1: Okay, right. okay, let's say, okay, one more. When Maria comes yes. in. Okay, this time she's with her badass gang of oh, miscreants.
0: No. no, no, I don't want anything with a group. A bunch of five-year-olds, yes.
2: But they <laughs>
1: call themselves the wood lice because they can get in anywhere. What?
0: <laughs> they call themselves wow. the wood lice? They might be able to get in anywhere, but if you turn them on their backs, they're useless. They just curl up. Is this like the Sharks and the Jets?
2: Listen, my name's Maria. Okay, (laughs) Maria. It's gonna happen. Okay,
0: Uh, so all right, so they've come in as a gang. They're clicking their fingers. Right, (laughs) they're choreographed.
2: They are amazing ballet dancers. I don't know how that happens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and this gang, great, they're walking down an aisle and they're tossing things on the floor. Bang goes, you know, the Pantac sauces. Bang goes the Branston pickle, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just acting like big toughies. Right. Okay, what do
2: you do? You're working there all on your own?
0: (laughs) I'm now petrified because there's a group of them, and they're going to do their ballet moves on me. (laughs) They're going to do some modern We're going to start
2: throwing you in the air and making you twirl.
0: Yes. (laughs) They're going to do some Bernstein at me. So I'm like, you know, look, your group, please take whatever you want. Just leave me alone. Leave
1: me alone. Get out. I'm closing my eyes. This is no
0: longer sexy. Um.
1: <laughs> right. I brought it home. I made it real. Yeah. Well, I know we've talked about this once before, but um, violence and abuse towards shopkeepers and staff remain on the rise in the UK. Numbers are not are not great. So the House Commons report published in June 2021 opens with this introduction. The last five years has seen a shocking rise in attacks on retail workers. The Association of Convenience Stores, the ACS, found that 89% of individuals working in local shops had experienced some form of abuse.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. 89%? That
0: surprise me. It's horrible, it's isn't terrible.
2: it? Yeah. Yep. Really? It doesn't
0: surprise me at all. No.
1: That's like 9 out of 10.
0: People are vile. I mean, I mean that's obviously, it's not all going to be robberies and things, but yeah, people are rude and abusive. To-
2: Especially the past few years. I don't know if that's happening in the UK, but over here it's been... Uh, I go to I I went to a um Burger King for the first time in decades, a couple of weeks ago, because I was on the road. And there was a sign at the cashier that they had clearly printed up themselves saying, you know, we're trying to do the best we can. We're really short staffed. Please do not yell at us or something like that.
0: Yeah.
2: God, that, that was necessary, that they had to print that is just so depressing. So no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-mm. No. Uh, and in another report, uh, this is a
1: British retail group, uh, they name the three primary triggers that cause these this violent or abusive behavior. And it's All basically right. encountering theft, so someone trying to steal from them. Mm-hmm. Age-restricted sales, so people, gangs of kids trying to get alcohol and intimidating the shopkeeper into giving it even though they're underage and can't prove that they're above age.
0: I quite like getting ID checked. I I, I was. ID Does that checked, happen especially. often, still, Graham? Um, not often, because I don't often buy alcohol because I don't drink. But um, it, it, you feel that people think you're under eighteen. Well, I, I didn't understand the question, but yeah, it, it has happened occasionally. Yes, right. People have thought that I um, well, or at least they've they've made me produce some sort of evidence. We all believe you. And the third
1: is <laughs> intoxication. <laughs>
0: Maybe they're just flattering me. Wow. Maybe it's just part of the charm offensive by a shop. Oh, we got to
2: do this for this guy. Otherwise, yeah. he gets all sad. Exactly. Up he and he and looks a bit yeah, sad right.
0: and lonely. Let's just do an age check on him.
2: I'll make him feel
1: better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and and the third, so we have encountering theft, age-restricted sales, and then it's intoxicated persons, right? So people coming in, pissed up to the gills, causing issues. Yeah. dear me. According to the ACS, Association of Convenience Stores, there's been major investments in three areas. Can you guess what the three things they might put in to try and uh, stop this kind of behavior?
2: Most uh, Cameras. Yep.
0: Cameras. Um,
2: like uh, ones that don't have a potato for resolution. Yes.
0: Some sort of physical division separating the worker from the customer.
2: Yes,
1: that is in some places. It's a perspex glass. I'm not, you know, mm. like a sheet. I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. There's intruder yeah. alarms. So, of course, a lot of these thefts can happen after hours when there's not staff in there. Alligators.
2: Yes, or security staff. Al- obviously. Yeah. Mm. Yes, mm. alligators. Yes.
1: But some convenience stores are taking a new approach. And the privacy advocates at Big Brother's privacy campaign group are not happy. And it centers around the co op, the chain you've just been describing, Graham. Now, the problem seems to be, according to the BBC, that the co-op is using facial identification systems called FaceWatch. Now, FaceWatch is not like Clearview AI where it scans the face of everyone that walks in with the aim of identifying everyone against, you know, this big scraped database of all of us, billions of people. Nor is it taking snaps and comparing it against convicted uh, criminals or people, uh, you know, robbers or known burglars and robbers that have been
0: convicted of crimes. Can I guess what it's doing? Yes, yes, you can. Is it using some artificial intelligence to analyse whether your eyes might be too close together, or whether <laughs> no. your eyebrows are too bushy, or you, you look a bit, you know, you're wearing a lounge t-shirt. What's wrong t-shirt. with bushy
2: eyebrows? Well, um, I've got
0: bushy eyebrows, but I'm do- exactly they- the problem. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. It's a little different no. than that. So it's interesting. So I want you to think about: is this a good thing or a bad thing? Okay. So what they've done. Okay. Is they take a snap of everyone that walks into the store. Yeah. And then they match the identity against a select list of people that are known to the co-op as a person who has stolen from its shops or been violent. Okay. Okay. So, a spokesperson told the BBC it's a list of people for which the business had evidence of criminal or antisocial behavior. Oh, okay.
0: Is that a bad thing? I mean, pubs and things, they might have a list to put you like, you're banned. You can't come back here in the Queen Vic. You know, they 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 might have a list of people <laughs> who aren't allowed to come over the threshold. It, it, surely co-op can say, well, I'm afraid you, you appear to be on our list of wrong-uns. Mm-hmm.
1: So you, you may but not, they're taking you, a picture mm. of every single person that goes in. But arguably, you might say that's what CCTV
0: does as well. Yeah, yeah. Although, is thats is that all right? I don't know. See, oh, my goodness, See, now I'm sort of saying, yeah, yeah. It's because of this slippery slope of us thinking that's acceptable all the time. Yeah. uh, What if do these people have
2: social credits that we? (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's uh. interesting.
1: So, um, so you know, if Maria had entered your make believe co op, you know, the system would have taken a pic of her, and then the system would have alerted you that you were dealing with someone who had caused problems before.
0: I'd have saved it to my special
1: folder. Don't be gross. What? what? You're the shop guy. You're the, I'm shop, the shop guy, guy and yes. you know that Maria's in the shop and you know that she's a badass. You know that you don't want her there. You Naughty then donkey.
2: have to Wait, go up. Wait, if I'm a badass, why do you not want me there?
1: Because you're going to ruin mm. all the Branston pickle jars, right? And, and so you're mm. then, Graham, to go up to her and say, Can I help you? In a way to alert that you're aware of her presence in the shop. So you're putting yourself in danger. So I'm not sure how this helps. Individuals,
0: I'm coming out from behind the perspex screen. Unless I have a tanoy and say, "Would the (laughs) Greek-looking girl in aisle four please know that?"
2: (laughs) The sharp thing. I'm available.
1: (laughs) And how long do they keep all the pictures for of people? Do they just dump them right away? What if their database is their database shared amongst many co-op places, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it just for that particular shop? So, is there a central database? Is it protected?
0: No. A lot of questions. Do you have the answers to these questions? No. No, I do Ah. not. (laughs) Gigamon is the leading deep observability company. It offers a deep observability pipeline that harnesses actionable network-level intelligence to amplify the power of observability tools, enabling companies to conquer blind spots and overcome the threat of today's sophisticated ransomware attacks. Gigamon's latest report into the state of ransomware reveals how insider threats are evolving, what impact cyber insurance and blame culture are having on the cybersecurity industry, and why deep observability is the new frontier for tackling the ransomware crisis. So, what are you waiting for? Download the report today at www.gigamon.com/slash-smashing. That's wwwg slash smashing And thanks to Gigamon for supporting the show.
1: Bitwarden is an open source cross-platform password manager trusted by millions of individuals, teams, and organizations worldwide for secure password storage and sharing. Not only does Bitwarden offer enterprise-grade security, conducting regular third-party security audits, and is compliant with Privacy Shield, HIPAA, GDPR, CCPA, SOC 2, and SOC 3 security standards. This is pretty slick stuff. You can get started with a free trial of a Teams or Enterprise plan at bitwarden.com forward slash smashing. That's bitwarden.com forward slash smashing. Or you can try it for free across devices as an individual user. That's bitwarden.com forward slash smashing. And massive thank you to Bitwarden for sponsoring the show.
0: And welcome back. And you join us at our favorite part of the show. The part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security-related, necessarily. Better not be. Well, my Pick of the Week this week is not security-related. It's a bit sad.
2: Hmm. Oh, But also, Great. I mean,
0: it's... <laughs> You know, well, no, it's a pick of the week in honor of an amazing life and an amazing entertainer because I am going to spend a couple of minutes just praising the tremendous, the fabulous, and the sadly now deceased Bernard Cribbins. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bernard Cribbins was an actor. He was in movies with Peter Sellers in the 60s. He was in some of the Carry On movies. Mm. Um, he used to be a singer. Uh, he had a famous song called Right Said Fred. Um, back in the day, not to be confused with uh, I'm Too Sexy and <laughs> yeah, the that things that have <laughs> happened with that duo. But anyway, we won't go into that. He was in The Railway Children, a terrific uh, drama set in, was it Edwardian times, of Jenny Agatha, mm-hmm. um, which was a mainstay of British childhood. Anyway, I loved it. And uh, he was the voice of the Wombles. Ah! Mm-hmm. And if and. you are a fan of Forty Towers, and do you remember the episode of The Hotel Inspectors? He had the tricky job, but he achieved it magnificently of actually upstaging John Cleese. He paid a guest uh, who actually sold spoons.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, didn't that realize was, that was yeah, him. Me oh my God, okay. That was
0: Bernard Cribbins. Wow, More recently, okay. if you are a genre fan of things like Doctor Who, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. may remember that he played nope. the character of Wilf. Um, That's how grandfather I know him best. of Donald Noble. Yeah. And way back in the 60s, he was actually in a Doctor Who movie where it was the Daleks Invasion of Earth, 2150 AD. Um, Bernard Cribbins. Okay, I've, ge- I've reeled off a whole load of things, but to be honest, anyone over the age of 30 definitely in Britain knows who Bernard Cribbins is, and he was magnificent. He was lovely. He was charming. He did kids' TV programs. He did, used to do this show called Jack and Nori, where he'd read stories. I think he actually did more of them than anybody else. Uh, he was really prolific in that, on that front. And he died um, at the age of 93. Just That's a, a pretty good ago. run, though. Come on. A I good see, run, yeah. absolutely. But he was a charming fellow. And it's been a tough old week or two in the world of genre TV because we also lost David Warner who was in The Omen and uh, various Star Trek shows as well.
2: David Warner was, yes, incredible. Yes, yep. He
0: was the chap. who Was it How Many Lights Are There? Yes,
2: yes. My favourite thing about him in that episode, the the There Are Four Lights episode, is apparently he got the script like a day or two before that episode. He didn't know. He basically just was reading off of cue cards for that entire episode, and he still killed it playing against Patrick Stewart. I mean, how amazing are those two episodes?
0: They're just fantastic. So- I'm remembering both Bernard Cribbins and David Warner. I couldn't mm-hmm. decide between them. I'll include some links in the show notes where you can read about both of them and the tremendous work which they did. Um, and two great British institutions uh, who've had an impact on the world and in the world of science fiction as well. So that is my pick of the week. Let's remember and raise a glass to Bernard Cribbins and David Warner. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Maria, what's your pick of the week?
2: So my pick of the week is space-related. Um, it's called Web Compare.
0: Have you heard of this little thing called the James Webb Space Telescope? Tell us about it, Maria. What do you know about
2: it? <laughs> well, it's this awesome telescope about a million miles from Earth, and it's taking the, some of the deepest, actually the deepest photos of space that have ever been taken. So it's basically They're traveling incredible. back in time. Yeah. They're absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. If you don't care a lick about space, it's basically just like we're going back to look at the beginning of time and space itself with some of these photos. They're absolutely insane. And, uh um, like
1: unbelievable. You look at them and you think, nah,
0: come on, come on. You think it's a piece of art, yeah. don't you really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, it's all real data. So if you, if you don't know anything about space stuff and you're just like, well, what, what is the big deal about this new telescope? Why was it in the news a few weeks ago? Who cares? Go to webbcompare.com, webcompare, web, web as two b's. Wow. And it does like a, it, you can swipe through. Hmm. See what the Hubble Telescope photos were back in the '90s, and then swipe, and you can see what Webb is showing us. And uh, this is a project by John Christensen. This was like his little pet project. It's amazing what he did. Some of y'all might know. I was actually at NASA a couple of weeks ago. I was there when we you saw. Were. I was there. I got to go uh, to be at NASA Goddard Center. I was so in the cool. room. It was one of the best experiences of my life. And when I was in the room, when a lot of the NASA scientists saw these images for the first time as well, and to hear them go wow and then oh that's a galaxy that's a galaxy there these images are beautiful but they're also real data and we're seeing all sorts of stuff that we didn't know was there before um and that this website web compare if you don't care anything about space you just want to look at pretty pictures that's the one to go to it's just fantastic
0: it is brilliant Maria, it's amazing that you actually got to be there as well. at This extraordinary moment in history, really. Yes. Was it it because you've been a guest on the Smashing Security podcast that you managed to get an invite? Is that how (laughs) it happened?
2: I I did drop a few names and they said, we love the show. So, you know, they (laughs) (laughs) rolled on the red carpet for me. Yeah. (laughs) It it, It was an amazing experience. And the Webb Telescope is an international effort. And it's just amazing to see what humanity can achieve when we all work together so
0: yeah, yeah. Ah, fantastic i've just had a look at the website and the images are quite astonishing Brilliant. and
2: there there's actually a new image that was dropped an hour ago of something called the cartwheel nebula so that might be added to this website anytime soon mm. maybe by the time maybe by the time this episode comes out so uh more new gorgeous images coming
0: out and they all just are going to blow your mind
1: yeah no it's absolutely amazing oh. definitely worth a look yeah. amazing yeah.
0: Crow, what's your pick of the week? The last pick of the week before we take our summer break? Yes. Well, my pick of the week this week is Maria.
1: Our Maria. <laughs> what? She did not mention it yet, but she is about to do the Pan Mass Challenge. A two-day, 200-mile bike ride, all mm-hmm. in aid of fighting cancer, particularly those that affect children. Yes. Oh. And this is all for the Dana-Farber Institute. Over to you, Maria. Tell us about it.
2: Oh, thank you, Kroll. This Pan Mass Challenge is a big bike ride, but it's a, it's a fundraiser, really. And 100% of everything I fundraise goes towards cancer research. So... Um, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute does a lot of its research, not just for pediatric cancers, but also for like really rare cancers. So, um, a lot of the cancers that are very deadly that maybe don't get as much attention. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is what they're studying. And the Pan Mass Challenge has raised over half a Billion yeah. dollars because it was founded way for, back in 1980s. 1980. So 1980. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the largest fundraiser in the United States, and it is also one of the most successful, like in the world, in terms of how much money it has raised. And L- largest in the United States of, what, of any charity. Uh, a fundraiser, a fun, not not charity, a fundraiser. So yeah, that's
0: astonishing.
2: My goodness, it's huge, and it's 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 sad because I, I know many people who have been writing this for decades, and the hope was that it wouldn't be necessary anymore. Yeah, because that's really the hope is that we don't. Have to keep doing this to raise money, mm-hmm. um, but as long as it's needed and as long as these funds help, um, and it does, this this raises I think like sixty percent of the Dana Farber's Cancer Institute's yearly budget. So it's a massive, massive amount of money. There's a whole page on the PMC website where you can see just exactly what cancer research has been funded by the PMC and what a real difference it has made. It's an
1: amazing cause, and you are trying to fundraise for it, which is amazing. Now we did talk about this on a previous show. And many Smashing listeners got involved and donated money. And you are so close to your goal. So how much left do you have?
2: I would love to get six hundred more dollars. Um and I have to give a huge thank you to Smashing Security listeners because after the last time we mentioned it, I, I can say this very, very confidently. Uh, I raised most of my money from Smashing Security listeners. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Wow, you yeah. guys. So, and it was like, and it, it's not that people were necessarily like giving humongous amounts of money. It was a lot of small donations, but it really adds up. So that's, that's really I'm so grateful. And there's probably a
1: few of them out there that heard the last episode and were like, "Oh, I've got to do this." But then the kids started barking or something <laughs> as they do. And you know, you just you, you just couldn't, you know, and you just forgot about it because there's 8 billion other things you got to worry about. So if you're listening to the show and you're thinking, "Yeah, yeah, I like Maria. I got to do this." And, you know, you should help her get to her goal because
0: 200 miles. Yeah. So what what's the link? Yeah. What's the link if we want to donate Maria?
2: The link is bit.ly slash Maria PMC, all lowercase. Uh, you can also go to pmc.org and look for Maria Vermauses. You can search for a ride or you can find me that okay. way too. Um, but yeah, it's I have until October 1st to raise funds. Even though the ride is August 6th and 7th, they give us a little time after the ride to continue to raise money. So if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, she's done the ride already – I'm still raising right. money. <laughs> so um, I would love to just get 600 more bucks to get me to my finish line. Let's smash that goal, listeners. That would be amazing. And uh, I just, I'm so, so, so grateful both to you both for letting me talk about this and to uh, listeners who've been so generous. It means a lot to me.
1: Well, we support you. Guys, you know where to go. Say it one more time, Maria.
2: Bit.ly slash Maria PMC, all lowercase. And you start your ride when August sixth at about five thirty in the morning. Okay, everyone pray for her. Everyone pray for oh. Maria. Please pray that the the weather's good and that it's not too hot and there's no thunderstorms. Oh God,
0: I'll be watching. <laughs> yeah, should be fun. May your buttocks not be raw at the end of that. I That's know. what Graham's worried about. It's
2: <laughs> the least of my worries. Heat exhaustion is my oh, big worry. Yeah. Keep hydrated. Yeah, had to run in with that. Yeah. Two, I had a had a, almost a faint of uh, heat exhaustion two weeks ago on a training ride. So,
0: yeah. Oh, my goodness. People, <laughs> listen to the woman. You've got to support her. <laughs> I'm killing myself. Bit.ly slash Maria PMC. Go on. Boom. We love you. Yes. Goodness. Well, good luck with your ride, Maria. Thank you. And to everyone else participating in such a worthy cause. And that just about wraps up the podcast for this week. And until we return in early September. Maria, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online, find out how you got on the race. Uh, It's a ride, not a race. It's a ride. Oh, yes. yes. You're not trying to win it. Uh, No, no. I will be
2: one of the slowest riders, to be clear. I'm not very fast. Um, What's the best way
0: for folks to find out how you got on?
2: Yeah, uh follow me on Twitter at Mvarmazis, M V A R M A Z I S. I'll I'll try to live tweet as much as I can at my rest stops. <laughs> <laughs> you can Yeah, don't crash. Don't crash. No, no, not while I'm writing, yeah. but there are rest stops, so I'll be like, hey, I'm alive, thumbs up.
0: <laughs> and you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity No G, Twitter at G, and we also have a Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget to ensure you never miss another episode. Follow Smashing Security in your favourite podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.
1: And a huge, huge shout out to this episode's sponsors, Bitwarden and Gigamon, and to our wonderful Patreon community, and to you two listeners. It's thanks to all of you that this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship information, guest lists, and the entire back catalogue, of more than 284 episodes, you won't get bored. Check out smashingsecurity.com.
0: Until next time, cheerio.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. See you soon. Bye, and have a lovely holiday. You've earned a oh. nice break. Enjoy
1: it. I can't drink it till tomorrow until the show is done, though.
2: <laughs> oh, you're so close! <laughs> Fantastic, Maria! Don't die. I won't die. I've been training for it for eight yeah. months now, so I, I'm pretty confident I can. can I'll cross it. the finish yep. line. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be the hardest thing I've ever physically done. So, oh, uh, well, just just recall childbirth.
0: Uh,
2: uh, I, uh, it's it's different. I don't know. I, it feels different. <laughs> different muscles being used. I mean... (laughs)